Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we are super excited to have Kira Polson. She is an author, a speaker, and an intuitive, energetic healer. Her book is called The Hidden Gifts Within the Trauma of Sexual Abuse. Kira also runs a publishing company that is dedicated to helping women write their stories and bring them into the world. She is a host and a co-host. So she hosts the Awaken podcast, and you also are a co-host on Navigating Truth with your new friend, Mona. She is also a full-time mom. We are super excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, welcome. I was looking through your website and your bio and... The first thing that stuck out to me was that you're putting your story of sexual abuse and trauma out. And so thank you for being vulnerable with that story. I know that was probably something that was hard for you. So that leads me into my question of at what point did you decide that you wanted to put it out for others? You know, it was really hard and it's actually still hard. Like it's not a huge topic I share a ton about. I got so much backlash after I launched it that it was a little bit like, all right, God told me to write this book. I wrote it, but like, there's not a ton I'm going to push with this. Cause it, it's, it's like anybody who wants to take that topic on, it's an intense world. And for me, the reason why I wrote that book really was because When I was going through my trauma and I was really doing deep dive healing work, I felt so alone and I was searching and I was searching. There's got to be a book of, of hope. Like let somebody tell me there is a light at the end of this. And there was nothing. It was like people's memoirs. And I was like, I have my own hell. Like I'm not going to read someone else's hell. I need hope. And so when I made it through my endless days of therapy, I knew it was my duty to bring forward a book that was of light, that taught that there was hope. And so that's really what made me move forward in that. I was telling Shanna yesterday, as I'm sure you saw, um, I don't watch the news very often, but on Facebook with the Daisy Coleman, who took her own life and had suffered um, sexual abuse when she was young. And you're right, you do always hear the sad endings and we don't get to hear of people that have turned pain into purpose. Shanna and I call guests like you soul survivors. It's important that people know that that happy ending can be reached. Yeah, well, and it's I so agree. sad because Daisy did like you. She put herself out there on Netflix. For those of you who don't know who Daisy Coleman is, that's the only you know reason why we even know her name is because she was vulnerable and she put herself out there. So sad for her to end her life like this. It's just it it just makes me feel like we didn't do enough. That was one of the things that really it changed my life. Was since I was fourteen, I dealt with suicide ideation. No one knew about it. I was the happiest, spunkiest teenager you were ever going to find. And it was just like my own deep, dark, like, why am I like this? I must be a horrible human. And I dealt with that for so many years, running, hiding from it. And then when I found out that suicide ideation was just a freaking symptom, like it was like one of the effects of being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, it changed my life because then it was like, oh, this is just an effect. It has nothing to do with me. And that means I have full access over it. Wow. 
that's powerful. Yeah. Right now, there's a lot of awareness and things coming to surface with child sex trafficking. When I was thinking about what you've been through, I was thinking about how I'm sure there's a lot of women out there right now who are starting to look at men differently because of what's coming out about all of these you know, high profile people and the amount of sex trafficking. And there's women that are doing it too. Don't get me wrong. Thank God for the Me Too movement. It's something that definitely needs to be addressed. Kira, when I read that you put your story out there, I was just really touched because I do know that a lot of people who come forward with their stories get backlash. And why do you think that is? Uh, well, my own personal belief is because this is the darkest of the dark. And so if you want to bring some light to one of the darkest areas, it's going to want to take you out. It was so interesting. And I think, you know, I'm such a believer, like God inspires these kinds of acts. And I mean, this book I had known for two weeks, I was supposed to write it and I, I didn't know what I was supposed to write. And so every day I was like, Hey God, what am I supposed to write? And then one day I'm driving down the road and a whole vision shows up top to bottom, the words of this book and the image. So I'd never even heard of these words. I'd never thought of writing this book and I just started bawling. And so like, I knew I was supposed to write this book. I wrote it in like, I don't know, four or five months with one computer, five little kids. My husband took our computer every morning at eight. So I had to wake up at five to write my book and it came out with so much ease. I knew God had helped me write it. So this is going to be so received. And so when the backlash came, I was so confused. But now, all these years later, I'm like, oh, this is just the pattern. Like God can tell you to do something. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. <laughs> it's interesting though. Like now I want to just talk about this for a quick second. All the people who have been survivors of sexual abuse right now with all that's coming out, it's going to be triggering every single survivor. Yep. I was so just like, about ready to say that. I was just about ready to say that. My hope is that as it triggers people that they just go find help like as it gets woken up, that they go out and seek and get the help that they need. I'm a huge believer of rapid eye therapy. I believe like if you're triggered, don't just sit, go seek help because it's going to wake up. I mean, this is going to wake up so much crap for people. And so that that's just my call, my plea to every survivor who's listening is like, don't stay in the suffering, seek and receive help. Your story is so much more than that. I have to say, I was so incredibly touched and shaken by the raw story that you and Mona shared back and forth about navigating truth. And I mean, I could hear the grief and the emotions in your voice when you were talking about your love for the religion that you were so faithful to. I could hear your guys' breathing. It, it just, it really got me. It touched me because Shanna and I can so relate to what it feels like when you shed all these beliefs that you were told and then you're diving into this whole new world. It's, it's hard. Can you talk about that just for a moment? Yeah, I, I feel like when we step into awakening our gifts when we step into our higher self, it's just natural that everything we once believed, it like has to shatter. Otherwise we really can't expand. And even though I wouldn't wish that on anyone, 
I knew it was a part of my path. I can't deny that, but having my religion, my, my belief in the religion I was raised in familial, like generations past kind of religion was the most grievous experience for me because all that I once knew seemed to break and the floor underneath me was like crumbled. The ceiling above me shattered. Like I didn't know what was up, what was down. And it was so, so lonely. You were converted to God. Mm -hmm. Love that. What does that mean? Well, it's interesting. And I think everyone has their own experience with religion. So I'll just speak about mine is that for me, religion was God. And so when religion broke for me, it was like, I had, you know, a few days where I was like, then there's just no God. But I realized like, I didn't actually want to live in a world where there was no God. So I realized if I'm going to stay here in this world, I need to find out who God is for me. And that began this amazing quest of really understanding who God was for me and how God and I worked together without something in between. Like there was no obstacle between me and God. I had a direct line. And so that's when I feel like my healing happened around religion because it was like, oh, I'm not angry at religion. It took me where I need to go. I still think it's a great facility, but like, it's no longer the God I worship. You took out the middleman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have such a beautiful, gentle way of sharing your story that I appreciated so much because you can really tell you, you don't hold any resentment because I did go through a resentment stage towards religion and you even still take your children there. And yeah, I felt nothing but love in your message. Good. I was hoping that. I feel like God has always asked me to do the scariest things I could possibly do. You know, like launching my book is like, this is it. This is the scariest thing. But then when God asked me to share this story, I was like, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to share that story. No one knows this story about me. It was so private for me. But when I shared that story, I had days of DMs of people. It's going to make me cry, but they just said, I just laid on my bed and I cried listening to every episode because I finally felt like I wasn't alone and I felt hope. And that for me, was like, okay, it was worth like totally throwing my soul out into the world and being like, holy hell, what am I doing? (laughs) It was, I have the chills all over right now. You should be so proud of yourself. You know, I started reflecting on my awakening and I can remember So Shanna has always been my person in life who could quote the Bible and explain to me what it meant because I couldn't understand it. And she was the one that actually kind of instilled in me a lot of my faith. And so when her world started shattering around the same time as mine and we started questioning things, I kept thinking, oh no, 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 no. Let me be the guinea pig. Let me test this out. Shanna, I want you to be safe. I want you to stay over there for a minute. Let me go test this out. And it was interesting because I was like, not you. Let me do it. (laughs) Your son was like, so before both of us, and I'm his godmother. And so you sent him to my house to talk about Jesus and all this stuff. By the time he left, I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. (laughs) (laughs) Sent my son over there to talk to her because I so badly wanted him to 
ask Christ into his life because I was afraid if he didn't, he would go to hell. And he left Shanna's house and had her. <laughs> I'm like, you know, actually, Connor, I've been receiving this in my meditation too. So, and then I, I was so scared. But the whole time I'm feeling guilty. I'm like, shit. I'm the shittiest <laughs> godmother ever. <laughs> Kira, how did your family and your husband receive this when you were going through it? It was a pretty private experience. My husband knew, and he's very, very open. I feel so oh, blessed. Nice. I don't know if there yeah. would have been another husband in this religion that would have just been like, walk your path, walk your path, Kira. What was so hard for me is like, I love the doctrine of the Mormon church. Like, I love the scriptures. I am so like, you know, Christ and God and all of it is so real for me. It was just like church was really painful. And so like I'd go to church and it would be like my body was in pain and I couldn't understand it. And I wanted to just, I wanted to be there. You know, I wanted it to be easy. I wanted to go back to old Kira where going to church was like such a joy and I loved it. Instead, it was so painful. And so he knew how painful it was and he would he would just support me. And like, if you can't go today, like I got this, I'll take the kids. I mean, it was years and years of this. My parents didn't really know until I was about to launch the podcast and I decided I should share with them. But both my parents are healers and they're very open and they were very kind and loving. Sarah, I loved how you said you don't have to be a certain religion to receive from God. That's kind of where I'm at in, in my faith. And I think we all ultimately want the same thing. And that is just love and kindness and personal relationship. God. Mm -hmm. And so when you said that message, you know, you don't have to be a certain religion because I think a lot of people think you have to have a religion as your foundation in order to receive from God. I just believe so deeply that God would even, God would sit and speak to the meth addict on the street. Like, God loves all, and there is no hierarchy of more love. Like all that stands between us and God is the wall we put. So as long as we can take the wall down, like it is ready, that love is there. And like, I just so believe that God speaks to us. So I teach a whole class on sacred space and I teach about how I dedicate the space and how we create it. And when you have a place dedicated to the communion of you and the divine, you'll always receive, no matter who you are. Who is God? Hmm, right. So God is like kind of this expanded experience where like I still see God as like a father figure for me, but I also have a very, very connected relationship with the divine mother who is so present for me. And I don't think it's, it can't be one or the other. It's for me, it's these, both of these really powerful presences in my life. I was reflecting last night after listening to one of your podcasts about my near death experience and went back to some writings that I wrote about it. And I was thinking about this man that I saw that I believe was Jesus with his back to me. But I remember thinking last night, I was like, but wait, I didn't see God. Where was God? I described Jesus in my writing and I described what I saw and I saw my brother who passed away and I saw nature and colors, but I never, you know why? Because God was all around me. God is this and God is this. And I think that's really where I've shifted. I used to think of God as this man in this box, you know, and that he was standing up there, like Shanna said in our last podcast with like this white beard. 
And, you know, God is within each one of us, which is why meditation sometimes gets this bad rap. Like it's, you know, Buddhist. And um, it's, I always remember when a person said to me, prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. That, that really resonated with me because we forget that God is inside each one of us. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's what Jesus says is the physical God. That's what he is intended to represent. Yeah. And, and that kind of, it's interesting. The last episode I just recorded with Mona was called Muhammad in Christ. And we never talk about what we're going to talk about. We just like, Kate, Mona, you go receive, I'll receive. And then we're going to come to the table. Sometimes it creates some pretty awkward silences as we're like, oh, wow. I didn't know this was showing up. But what's interesting is when we both shared about, she shares about Muhammad, which I wasn't raised even knowing anything about Muhammad. We really got to the root, which was both Muhammad and Christ came to show people how to find God. Yeah. That's it. I don't know if you've ever read the book by Thich Nhat Hanh, The Finding Buddha, Finding Christ. It's exactly what it is. Thich Nhat Hanh reads the Bible for the first time as a Buddhist because he loves his friends that are Christian and wants to know why the hell these guys like this guy Jesus so much. And he reads it and he comes out at the end going, oh my God, Jesus is a Buddha. Like, <laughs> hello. And he loves Jesus. You know, he has pictures of him on a ball and kisses him every day. Like he does Buddha. They all did the same thing. Last yeah. night, Shanna and I uh, listened to the Lord's Prayer in Arabic. Oh my it God. was so beautiful. Have you heard that? You know, I haven't, but I'm going to. Because when me and Mona recorded for the first time, before we recorded, I said this prayer that I pray all the time. It's just a prayer I've made up, right? Like, it's just something that's a part of me. And then she starts crying, and she's like, that is almost word for word of Muhammad's prayer. And then she says Muhammad's prayer. And it was like, and that was in that moment where I was like, we're just all the same. Mm -hmm. We're all the same. Yeah. We all So hear. that's why it's so disappointing, right? Is that there's these things that were built in our society to separate us. Yeah. And that's where it just, that, that was that hit in the stomach for me. You know, and I, like Mandy said, you get, you, I almost got angry, you know, and mm -hmm. I still do sometimes get better just because some of the people that I was close to, I'm not that close to anymore because of it, which is there again, more separation. How did you handle that, Kira? Because I know for me to this day, you know, I'm like seven years into my journey. Sometimes living in this world, it makes it hard to, to still communicate with certain people and align with them like I used to. And I miss that. And, but the, as you know, there's no going back. Mm -mm. Like, how do you handle that? <laughs> I don't think I have the right answer. I, I live a pretty isolated world. Like I have very few people that connect deeply in my soul. And that's mm -hmm. really all I can take in. That's why but, we need this. That's, that's why we need podcasts because there's a lot <laughs> of us out there, right? I feel that way. And it's, but that's exactly yeah. why we made sense of soul. And I know that's why you did. And that's just what we have to do. The thing is, is that you can't change other people. You can only be that light. And I don't want to eat anyways. That's, that's in that book with Thich Nhat Hanh. He said, it's a travesty for someone to lose their religion. A travesty. And it is. 
It, is. it really is. And I don't want to take anyone's religion away, but I do want people to know you're not alone. Yeah. So if you ever need to talk about something that, you know, nobody else would understand because it's crazy, <laughs> give us a call because we've been there. Fabulous. I, I appreciate that. And it's true. That's why I have my podcast. I go out and I find other people who want to jump into these kind of conversations. This is why I run all my programs. I'm like, Hey, let's gather people who are in these spaces and not only create a community, but, but cultivate their gifts. Let's cultivate the gifts because gifts are cultivated when people are seen, heard and experienced for who they really are. So let's talk about this for a moment. I know that you're helping women write their stories. What inspired you to help women? Mm, I just have this place in my heart to help women expand, to help women like fully accept and receive their gifts and bring them into the world. And as much as I love men, it, there's, it's just weird. It's just not in my soul to go out and serve them at the same way. Yeah. Yeah. They got enough people serving them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I served her to In my family, we did that for generations. So. <laughs> So what would that look like for someone who came to you? Describe that. I mostly help women if they have the call to write a book. What we do is we do a lot of energy work. So we go in and we clear out all of the boundaries and the limitations and all the belief systems that say, I can't be an author. Who am I to write a story? Who am I to tell? I'm no special. Like we got to clear that out so that now there's space. And then I just teach them my very specific and simple ways of how you receive. I have a lot of strange, I mean, they would look strange, but they're not strange to me of like putting yourself into a mindset to receive from God. And then let's let God write your book. Like what if you could literally put yourself into such a state that all you're doing is putting your hands to the paper or to the computer and words are coming out that you didn't think of. Let's do that. That's a super fun life to live. And then since I own a publishing house, I pull them through the process of publishing and we get them up on Amazon. I love, love your blogs. The one about freedom resonated with me. Oh my God. I read every single one of them. You are an amazing writer. Oh, thank you. I'm just choosing to be like a body for the words that need to come through. I'm just choosing to be a receptacle of this light. So that takes all the pressure off of me. I just get to be a part of it. I feel the same way. Thank you for sharing that. I might have to go write. <laughs> I think so. I feel like, you know, writing just gives you kind of a platform to speak where otherwise maybe you wouldn't. For me, that's huge. Mandy's very vulnerable and she can share stories. She's always been good at that. But for me, so this whole podcast has been actually a challenge, you know, with many things. Even just talking about religion, that, like you said, that was that was huge for me. I mean, I've always prayed that nobody in my family listens to my podcast. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even put it on my personal Facebook and up until recently when I just said, fuck it. Did you ever feel that way? Yes. <laughs> I blocked a few family members that I knew would really be mean to me about my book and about like, you know, I just can't have them watching my posts. And then, do you know what I found out is that nobody in my family read or listened to anything I created. And it was like, Oh, we're cool. <laughs> they don't actually care. <laughs> this is fantastic. Let's keep it at that. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk about your intuitive, energetic healing. So how is that different from Reiki? 
I cool. also saw very, very sacred to you and you don't just offer this to anyone. So you actually will do a 15 minute introduction mm-hmm. with them. So both my parents are healers. I grew up with both parents healing. I've learned both their modalities. I actually don't know Reiki, so I can't say what the difference is, but I'm sure it's very similar because I feel like energy work is energy work. And I go through the chakras and I clear out all the gunk, all the junk that's in there. And the reason why I am particular with who I choose is because of my gifts. Like when I go in and do a healing session, people's chakras will talk to me. So they'll tell me what's going on inside of them. So I have to be a total yes to go into somebody's energetic space. Like I have to feel super like this is a great fit. Now, because I'm seeing that my gifts are to help women who are called to be leaders, like women who are here with messages and a sole purpose to change the world. Now my focus is let's do healing work for you. So I can help you go like really become a leader. Like if I can help leaders wake up, then my work goes tenfold because they're going to go out and help their people. So we do healing work to help clear up the paths for leaders to really show up. It's like you're paying it forward. You're helping them heal so they can go be a leader to pay it forward. Yeah. I loved, and I did it last night, your shielding. I love how you called it, your shielding practice. Is that like an unfuckable bubble? Yep. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) That's what we call it. (laughs) Or a human condom. We're a little more inappropriate than you. Recently, I made an unfuckable bubble candle. (laughs) That's so great. But I did your shielding one. Um, I wanted to say it was very serene. It was very beautiful. Um, I also found your website to be very peaceful. Just looking at it. Yes, it is. Yeah, Yeah, you you. have a very peaceful presence. And now I want to go read the book, Illusions. And it's all about books to read today. You're like, oh, so I love that book. Our last guest mentioned it too. So I'm like, okay, I hear you, universe. That's so random. I've never heard about it until this past week. You're going to love it. And it's going to be okay. such a fast read. It's it's like, boom, yeah. you read through awesome. it and it's just, oh, it's so I can't good. wait to read it. It's a big inspiration for you, that book. That was a huge inspiration. Yeah, you quote the author a lot. Oh, Richard Bach. You know, there's some authors like, so Richard Bach and Florence Scovelshin, both of them, I'm like, maybe we were buddies like in the last life. I'm not sure, but like, holy cow, their words, like, my cells remember their words. Thank you. Know, you. Kind of, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something you said really resonated with me. You were a young mom, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you were worn out, mother of five, of course, yeah. and you'd lost yourself. And I think that happens to so many moms. I look back on my life. I remember thinking that I wasn't enough. And I was just so worn out and exhausted and holding myself to such high expectations. And I felt lost. I lost myself too. Where do you start for people that aren't as far into their journey as us? Where do they start? Right. This moment, I mean, I had just had five kids. I remember it was my birthday. I can never remember what the birthday was. Like, was it 31, 32? I don't know. One of those, right? And I remember my husband looking at me. We we're at the Cheesecake Factory and he's like, what are your dreams for this year? And it was like this atomic bomb inside of my body broke and I just started sobbing at the table. And I was like, I don't have one dream left. I have nothing left. I have, 
I have dreamed my whole life to be a mom and now I have five children and I don't rem I don't know what's next and I'm so young and I got nothing. And it was so traumatizing to feel that void. And I remember he said, you have like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he was like, you have like five days to come up with three dreams. And I couldn't. The only thing I knew was to talk to God. So I asked God every single day, show me how to dream again. Show me my purpose. And that was a consistent prayer for five whole months. And I'm not going to tell you my ending isn't the ideal ending, but it was when my trauma memories hit. That was actually God's answer for me was like, you got to break all this crap off to then remember who you are. Wow. We, we, our stories are so similar. I just, I had no self zero and I was never taught to have a self. Yeah, I agree. I, I do. I feel like that's actually a consistent breaking of the mold for me. Cause I mean, yeah. I, I raise five kids and I hold a lot of businesses on my plate <gasps> and I still have to break the mold. Like it's not broken yet. Men get intimidated by women who want to own that too, which sucks. Yeah. I don't, you know, it, it, we're still in this evolution of women. This is still very much happening. And to think that we only got our right to vote same time as African-Americans did, which we often forget, you know, women are still evolving very much. True. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was just thinking about how and I think that it's, it's weighing heavy on me and I need to write about it. Um, but I think that when I started awakening and shifting, it really did change my marriage because I went from being a very codependent and needy person to branching out into my own. And I'm not sure that he knows what to do with that. And I have so much self-love that like I'm, I'm fucking unstoppable. And I'm so happy because I'm aligned with my purpose. And I think yeah. he's sitting back like, wait, what? Like, and it also, it shifts the attention that you give like sometimes because I used to just be sitting by his side, like catering to him. And now I'm catering to myself. Yeah. So it causes this shift and it can be an uncomfortable place. Yeah. It's not yeah. easy. I'm not going to lie. We've been through some pretty intense times in our marriage times where we thought we weren't going to make it. And I have lots of compassion for him because I'm like, dude, I am not who you married. <laughs> like who I am now is not who you signed up for. So I have massive compassion yes. and so <laughs> glad that you are a yes to jump on this crazy train yeah. with this right. woman who is just like, I'm going to take over the world. Let's do this. Let's change the world. He didn't know I that he was marrying that. that. I told my kids that I'm not the mom I used to be, honey. I care about myself now. <laughs> You're going to have to do that for yourself. How much self-love plays into who you are today and what you teach? So much. So much. And it's always, it is such a consistent journey. Like, because of my old patterns, like it can go so fast into self-destruction and like really being hard on myself. And that's why my sacred space time in the morning, really hunkering down in my connection inside and my connection to the divine, it's, it is the basis of all that I do because that for me is where my self-love, it really seeds from that space. 
Yeah, you talk a lot about that and I love mm-hmm. that. And so let's just break it down super simple for our listeners. Like what would your yeah. suggestion be for a sacred space? Because I feel like we get in our own heads and think it's gotta be like this altar and this beautiful space and really it could be under your stairs. But yeah. I mean, what does this sacred space look like? And what is your suggestion for people? Um, how long, how often? Yes. So first of all, I'm going to tell you guys, I have a free class on this and I will send you the link if you don't have it for every one of your listeners. Okay. I would highly suggest taking this class, but I break it down into three different, three different segments. And one is prayer. The other one is writing and the other part is healing. So any part of your sacred space can be these, like one thing in each category is going to make massive shifts. I'm a big believer of asking God to help you find your sacred space. So in my last house, my sacred space was in an old closet, not old, but a closet in our band room we didn't use. And oh my gosh, I actually miss it so, so, so much. This dank little tiny room that was just for me to meet with God. So like anywhere that you can say this spot is for my communion with the divine it will be a sacred space. And I teach how to go through and cleanse it energetically, how to dedicate it to this purpose. And then I always say, find the things that light your soul up. If you have something that you can't wait to spend time doing, it'll get your butt out of bed. But if it has anything to do with shoulds, you have to throw it away. Because anytime you throw shoulds into that, you're never gonna get out of your bed and you're never gonna get there. What is soul to you? Oh, that's a hard one. I think for me, soul is, is, it's how I feel when I'm talking to like, not who I thought I was or who I should be, but it's like, when I'm talking to Kira inside, what do I want? What am I desiring? That's me connecting to my soul. That's the, I am, I am Kira. It'll never change. It's infinite. So what was the question exactly that your husband asked you in that restaurant? He asked me what dreams I had for the year. So Kira, what dreams do you have for the year? Mm, Oh, this is so fun now. (laughs) (laughs) So for the rest of the year, right? I have a dream of helping 20 other authors publish their books, like getting 20 more books alive and serving 22 more leaders in whatever capacity that is like really like buffing up how many leaders can i help so that this world like shifts exponentially that just lights me up why 22 well i really like 22 it's just a great number but also when i was like asking god like these were the numbers that came so it was a little bit higher than i expected but i was like well all right let's try it (laughs) 22 is my number. When I looked up your podcast, the first thing I saw was 22. And then now you say 22. 22 to me is a sign of my angels and guides that I'm just saying, oh yeah, that's right. This is the right direction. I'm watching over you. I think a lot of times it's Archangel Michael is what I sense, but I just think it's angel guidance. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kira? Yeah. So 222 for me, I mean, all the angel numbers are really Mm -hmm. like, like my angels always talk to me through numbers, but two, two, two has always been a consistent, like you're super guided right now. Oh my gosh. I had this huge event that was going to go live in May before COVID hit. And the, the numbers were like, there was so many twos in it and it just felt so right. You know, anytime there's lots of twos, it just, 
Me it too. feels so good in my soul. Me too, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking last night about something kind of off topic right now, but I wish I could live just up here. I wish I could live in that because it can become kind of addictive because it can be almost become like an, an escape. And you just, it's so beautiful up there. I've experienced it like not only here on earth, but in my near death experience too. And life's really easy there. And being so close to God and angels and loved ones that have passed up here. So sometimes I really realize lately, I kind of resist being rooted. I know that sounds really nuts, but it's something that I just, by listening to your podcast last night and some other things, I was just kind of told, you know, you need to spend more time really getting rooted because up here just feels really good. <laughs> I know. You know, what's interesting is that a week ago I was shown this uh, journal that I've got to write in the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be called Rise Up and Awaken to the Joy of Being Human because I actually hate being human most of the time. And I just want to be like this divine self and live in my higher realms. And I actually was shown this vision a week ago. And it was too long to explain, but the, the gist was that like I got back to the spirit world and I was like, ah, I freaking missed it. I missed it. It spurred these questions of how we can ask ourselves every day why we love to be human and like what are the absolute joys that only comes from having this body and that i feel like is going to be such a rooted experience for a lot of us spiritual beings you know that was my biggest healing but mine was through my ancestry and understanding that this body was created from a lot of trauma a lot of people who stories haven't been told but that there was a connection there was a reason and it's not all spiritual. And that, I never felt grounded until that moment, until I really connected with that. But it was a three-year moment. It wasn't, it wasn't three minutes, for sure. It was three long years of that. Well, I wrote that down. So thank you for that. Um, what do I love about humans? That's super helpful. Wow. That's, I'm going to journal that. I also have to say one more thing because it's weighing on me. I wanted to tell anyone out there that's fighting addiction or battling any sort of abuse because you said even the meth addicts, God is there for them. You know, that's when I found God, when I was laying in a bed in a rehab feeling completely worthless. And I prayed and prayed for the first time ever in my life because I didn't think I was worthy of love. And he showed up right on my window as a shadow. And so for anyone out there, just know you're never alone and you're always loved. And out of all the podcasts that I've ever done, the energy that I'm feeling right now around me during this and now is very strong. So I'm very grateful to be connected today. Mm, same. I feel the same. And I wrote a blog once that said I met God in hell. That I didn't meet God in perfectness. I didn't meet God when I was doing everything right. I met God when I was in my deepest form of health. That's when God showed up. I always described it as when I felt like everything that I thought in the world, all the happiness that the world gave me had all just like fucking just was destroyed. The only thing left I had was that voice of God. That's all I had left. I had nothing else. That's the only way I even found my soul was when everything else that I thought was, was destroyed. Maybe we have it all wrong we've all painted this picture that the devil's in hell, but really it's God that waiting for you saying, I, I know you're in hell and this sucks. And here I am to lift you up. Mm. 
The Course in Miracles. Have you guys read that book? I had to read the dummy version. I think yeah, I, 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 I can't get past like chapter 30 or whatever. <laughs> I get stuck every time. But there is like a dummy version, right? Like yes. for people. And he says something in that yes. book that changed my life forever. When he mm -hmm. said, let's pray I can say it right. He says, what would happen if at the end of the world, you meet Satan face to face and he takes off his mask and instead it's your savior. What if your savior says, I was here to give you trials so that you could find me. And it changed my life forever. Shanna, I never cried. That is amazing. That's yeah. good. And I love that book. I'll reference it. I'll put it in the notes because it's one of my favorite easy reads on Ooh. The Course of Miracles. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that is intense. I've never heard that. Well, thank you so much, Kara. It's just been a pleasure. Yeah. I knew it was going to be this way because I looked through some of your stuff and I just felt like, wow, she's just like me and Mandy. And you want to know it? I felt the same way when I did your shield meditation last night. I just connected with it. It was simple, which is what people need. It was from your soul. You can just tell what you're doing is, is your soul work. So thank you. And please right now, just tell our listeners what all you're doing. Talk again about what you're offering. Yes, I would love to. It's been such a joy. I hope we stay friends. I'm like, oh, you guys are my people. This feels good. <laughs> um, <laughs> the easiest way is just my name on Instagram. I'm Kira Polson, K-E-I-R-A. And then my website's kirapolson.com. And if they go to the link in your show notes, they will have access to my seven-day sacred space training, which is free right now. And it's so freaking powerful. It's something I'm so proud of. It came through so fast. And then I have my Awaken podcast and Navigating Truth. I help leaders wake up their gifts and I help them bring their work forward. So if that's like, they are here to bring forward a digital program, write a book, create a podcast, speak on stages, how are they going to get their message to impact people's lives? That's what I help them do. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Any last message that you want to just throw out? The thing that I feel so deeply about is that every single one of us came with like specific tools, specific messages, specific work. And what happens is we are very distracted by suffering, addictions, pain, and disconnect. And if only we take the time to spend alone with ourselves and reach up to the divine, we will then be reminded that we will remember who we are, why we're here, and we will remember the absolute joy that comes from being connected to the divine. Love it. This was such a freaking joy. I love it you guys. Thank you. Fun. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. See you guys. Hey, Sense of Soul listeners. Join Mandy and I and break through the glass ceiling standing in your way to having the success of your dreams. We joined our friend and colleague, Shelly Roberts, who is hosting a complimentary online summit, bringing together over 20 experts, including us, to share our wisdom on clearing what is holding you back from being unstoppable. This virtual interview series will help you uncover the surprising ways to have more success at work and in life. So sign up and reserve your spot at no cost to join us. 
you'll discover the wisdom, tools, and strategies you need to finally take your life to the next level. This life-changing summit, Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling free video series can be found at www.breakingthroughtheglassceilingsummit.com backslash sense-of-soul. And we will be posting that link in the episode notes. We are all sharing amazing free gifts and resources designed to assist you on this incredible journey. We are very honored to be part of this. Yeah, so check it out. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.